get to that, I also wanted to just give a brief update um, on our deputation travels. Um, we're at 17%, and uh, of course, we took uh, most of December off and, and January off uh, in preparation for the arrival of Lucas, and of course, recovering from uh, the arrival of Lucas. <laughs> Um, Pastor Capel mentioned about how he, he slept well that one night after, uh, you know, his wife wasn't sleeping well taking care of the baby. We were at Hobby Lobby the other day, and I saw one of their mugs, and they have funny sayings on some of their mugs, and I saw, it said, um, I don't want to sleep like a baby, I just want to sleep like my husband. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so we're, we're recovering, and uh, Susanna has been doing very well, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but... I've been very impressed with how well she's recovering, and um, just just really big blessing with that. Um, and our next meeting is going to be February 4th in Tennessee. So in February, we're going to be um, in Tennessee, uh, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois, and Virginia. So we'd appreciate your prayers just for safe travels and for more churches, um, the right churches, to partner with us. So appreciate your prayer for that. I won't be long tonight. Um, this isn't a long message, and um, I don't believe in preaching just to fill time, so I'm not going to go long. But uh, also, we have a newborn now, as I said, so my wife might kill me if I go overboard or go over time. <laughs> but um, I can't remember if I shared this with you or not. Uh, one time when we were in the Ivory Coast, I was preaching at the church um, that my father on father-in-law had planted there in San Pedro, and I was preaching, and it was hot. It was getting towards lunchtime, and I could tell that people's attention span was kind of waning, and people were starting to get a little bit drowsy, and so I wanted to keep people's attention, and this is what I said in, in French. This is what I said. I said, je sais que tout le monde est fatigué, mais il ne faut pas dormir parce que je suis presque fini. And now what I thought I said was, um, I know everyone's tired, but don't fall asleep. I'm almost finished. And what I actually said was, don't fall asleep. I'm almost dead. <laughs> but uh, I won't go long tonight. I, I won't keep you long. So um, let's go ahead and pray as we begin. Thank you, Lord, for um, this evening and this opportunity to uh, speak. I pray that you would uh, make me a good mouthpiece for you. I pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight. I pray that I wouldn't say anything that I shouldn't and that I would say the things that I should. And we ask this all in your name. Amen. You know, we paint a very beautiful picture of Christmas. Um, we, we have lights, we have uh, parties, Christmas parties, uh, we get together with family, we go caroling, and we have a great time at Christmas. I love Christmas. I, I like Christmas. It's probably my favorite time of the year. Um, this year, we went out and bought our first uh, full, uh, full high, I guess you could say, Christmas tree, full-size Christmas tree. And you wouldn't believe how expensive Christmas trees are. It's crazy. Um, but I love Christmas. And, you know, we have a good time with family, and we, the days leading up, we have so much anticipation. We get together on Christmas Day, eat some good food, open presents, and uh, maybe glorify God some and reflect on the Christmas story. And we have a great time. And then December 26th, it's all over, right? And um, it's, it's kind of interesting to me as I was looking at the Christmas story, really, Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ was just the beginning of what Jesus came to earth to do. That was just the beginning of the story. Um, I was talking, well, actually, Jeremy Parker was saying that um, his, when, when they open presents and stuff on Christmas Day, as soon as they're done opening presents, 
his mom starts getting out the boxes to put all the Christmas decorations away, right? And I, I get it, and, you know, we like to get back to, to normal life, or as, as normal as it can be, and uh, we like to get back to that, and that's fine. But I'd like for us to just uh, think about the things that happened after Christmas, because there's a lot that happened after Jesus' birth. Christmas this year, as I mentioned, was a little bit different for us, um, because like Mary, um, my wife uh, gave birth to her firstborn son at Christmas time, the day after, actually. And, you know, the day, in the days leading up to Christmas, I had to be careful what I said, because um, I'd be, you know, if, if Susanna was being really tired or couldn't do something or, or couldn't bend over to pick something up because she was, you know, great with child, um, I would, I'd be thinking, wow, that's probably what Mary was feeling like about this time. <laughs> And probably not the best thing to say to your wife that's pregnant, nine months pregnant. So, um, And then, you know, Lucas was born, and I thought, wow, this is the beginning of Lucas's life. We didn't have all this celebration right up to his birth and then stop. No, this is, this is where it begins for Lucas. And Jesus came to earth, and that was the beginning of his earthly ministry. And I think we do well to consider the things that happened after Christmas, So tonight, I'm going to preach on the aftermath of Christmas. Um, According to Luke 2, we're not going to go there, but according to Luke 2, the day Jesus was born, guess what? Mary and Joseph had visitors that night, maybe. And, um, you know, it probably wasn't a pretty picture. They were in a stable. Um, They they didn't have all of the the sanitation and things we have today. They were with dirty animals. It might have been cold. It might have been dark. But they had visitors, surprise visitors at that. And I don't know if, if Mary was ready for him. I, I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt that was an entirely pleasant experience for them. But then, uh, after a little while, they had to make a trip to Jerusalem to dedicate Jesus at the temple. Um, in, after some time, the wise men came to visit uh, Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. Or it says that he was a young child at that time. And we're going to pick up the story here in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1 says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of, of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And just a side note here, the wise men were intellectual men, very smart men, who studied science very closely, and it led them straight to the feet of Jesus. And it's the same today. If we study science, if you study it honestly, it will lead you straight to Jesus. 
One uh, commentator I read said this, no scholarly person who follows the light God gives him can miss Jesus. Um, let's continue on here, verse 11 through 12. It says, And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And now we get to our first point for this evening. And we're going to see in verses 13 through 15 that in the aftermath of Christmas, Joseph and Mary were foreigners in a different country. Let's read here in verse 13. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Joseph and Mary were foreigners in a different country. You know, going to live in a different country, in a foreign country, is not a small thing. Uh, It's a pretty big deal. There are cultural differences, um, differences with the food, differences with Uh, differences with finances, Uh, you could go on and on. Uh, I remember when we went to the Ivory Coast about a year and a half ago, um, one of the things I realized when we got there was that all of their food was, none of their food was processed food. It was all natural, organic, Um, everything came straight from the field, straight from the garden, their flour came straight from the mill, everything was natural. So when I got there, basically my body did a deep cleanse, and I lost like 10 pounds in the first week. You know, when you go to a, to a different country, there are big differences with food. Um, there are differences in culture. I remember one time, uh, the first time I sat down at a meal in the village with some guys. We sat around this table, and, and they brought a big pot of, of rice or something and sat it in the middle of the table, and then they brought a bucket of water. And they brought it to me as the guest. They wanted me to use it first. I, I don't know, what the, what's a bucket for? You dip your rice in it or something? I didn't know. So come to find out, everyone at the table washes their hands in that, in that bucket of water. And you pass it around, and everybody washes their hands in that bucket of water. And then you dip out of the, the thing of rice in the middle and eat it. And I didn't know that. You know, It was a cultural aspect I had to learn. Another thing that I had to learn was that um, in the Ivory Coast, you never hand something to someone with your left hand. Um, you don't wave with your left hand. You don't shake somebody's hand with your left hand. You don't do anything with your left hand. It's incredibly offensive. And so, as you can imagine, I ticked a lot of people off uh, right when we got there. <laughs> but even, I, I got used to it, and even now it feels weird if I hand some, somebody something with my left hand. But there are things, cultural things you've got to get used to um, in a different country. I'm sure that Joseph and Mary, when they went to Egypt, had to uh, experience some of those things. You know, it was a neighboring country, so maybe there were a lot of similarities, but I'm sure there were a lot of things they had to adjust to as well. Um, Today, missionaries have years of preparation before they ever get to the field. Um, Often, you have at least four years of Bible college. Some people go for more advanced degrees. Um, You might have two or three years of deputation. Some are more, some are less. Um, You might spend, depending on the situation, you might spend one or two years at language school. 
So this can be a 78-year process before you even get to the field. And even then, a lot of missionaries find that they're not as prepared as they thought they were. But Joseph and Mary had to leave for a different country that night. They didn't have years to prepare. They didn't have um, time to pack all their belongings and all those things. They didn't have time. They had to leave that night. And so we see that Joseph and Mary became foreigners in a different country. Going to a country, as I said, it's no uh, different country. It's no small thing. But God took care of them in that country. You say, well, how did, how did we know that God took care of them? I found this um, in my study for this message. I've, this blew my mind. I had no idea about this. Did you know that at the time when Joseph and Mary went to Egypt, there was very likely a huge Jewish population in Egypt at that time? Um, if you actually go over to Jeremiah chapter 41 with me, Jeremiah chapter 41, this is back in the time of Nebuchadnezzar, um, six months after Nebuchadnezzar had appointed Gedaliah as governor over Judah, a, a Jewish man named Ishmael uh, assassinated Gedaliah, and he fled down to Egypt, and a little bit later, the Jews that were at Mizpah where that happened, um, they all fled to Egypt as well, because they were scared of being punished for what uh, Ishmael had done when he assassinated Gedaliah. So look here in Jeremiah chapter 41, verse 2. It says, Then arose Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, and the ten men that were with him, and smote Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, with the sword, and slew him whom the king of Babylon had made governor over the land. I'll skip on down to verse uh, 16. It says, Then took Johanan, the son of Kareah, and all the captains of the forces that were with him, all the remnant of the people whom he had recovered from Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, from Mizpah. After that, he had slain Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, even mighty men of war, and the women and the children and the eunuchs, whom he brought again to, uh, from Gibeon. And they departed and dwelt in the habitation of Chimham, which is by Bethlehem, to go to enter into Egypt because of the Chaldeans, for they were afraid of them. Because Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, had slain Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, whom the king of Babylon made governor in the land. Now skip over here to chapter 44, Jeremiah 44, verse 1. This is a little bit later. We see that those Jews are still in Egypt. It says, the word, of the, or the word that came to Jeremiah according to all the Jews, oh, sorry, concerning all the Jews which dwell in the land of Egypt, which dwell at Migdal and at Tapanese, and at Noph, and in the country of Pathros. So we see that these Jews, there, there's a big Jewish community in Egypt because of what happened many, many years before. Uh, we don't really, to my knowledge, we don't have any reason to believe that those Jews ever left Egypt um, before the time of Jesus. So it's interesting to me how, in somewhat of a bizarre way, I, I never knew that, but God took care of Joseph and Mary and Jesus when they went to Egypt. He placed people there in their lives that could help them. And very likely that those people that were in Egypt, the Jews that were there, um, were, were not aware of the, the accusations against Joseph and Mary. That a lot of those people in, in Judea thought that Joseph and Mary had committed immorality. And that's why Mary was pregnant. But it's very likely that the Jews that were in Egypt where they went didn't know any of that, didn't, weren't aware of any of that. So it's just very interesting to me to see how God took care of them. A different country, totally out of their comfort zone, um, but God had people there that were going to take care of them. 
Um, let's move on here. And we see that, so the first thing here was that Joseph and Mary were uh, foreigners in a different country. The second thing we're going to see here is that Joseph and Mary were fugitives from the king. Uh, back to Matthew chapter 2. We're going to look here in verse 16 through 18. It says, Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted, because they are not. And uh, But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream unto Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. So we see that Joseph and Mary became fugitives from the king. Earlier this week, my bank was robbed. I'm not, I'm not making this up. I'm serious. Um, I have a bank account in LaGrange, Missouri, the town where I grew up in. And on Monday, there was a holdup. Um, I'm not making this up. Here's the, um, the newspaper article. I'll read it to you. It says, on January 8, 2024, at approximately 1.13 p.m., 911 notified the LaGrange Police Department of a holdup alarm at the Town & Country Bank located at 110 South Main Street. An officer at the police department, which is just around the corner from the bank, was leaving to respond to the alarm and encountered the suspect who was entering the police department lobby. The officer observed cash visibly stuffed into the suspect's pockets, at which time he was identified as being involved in the incident and taken into custody. <laughs> now, I, don't, I don't know what, maybe this guy was um, trying to, maybe he just wanted a warm place to stay over the winter, I don't know. Um, but what's my point? You know, it's one thing to be arrested for something like that, okay? The guy was obviously guilty. The guy, the guy knew he had done wrong. It was obvious to everyone there that he was the, the guilty party. It's one thing to be arrested for something like that. He deserved it. But it's another thing to, be, be, to become a fugitive for simply having a baby. Joseph and Mary didn't do anything wrong. Jesus hadn't done anything wrong. He was a baby as well. But... They had done nothing wrong, and they became fugitives from the king just because the king was insecure, thought that Jesus was going to take his throne away from him. As Just a, a side note here that's kind of interesting. Jesus was a descendant of Jacob, and Herod was a descendant of Esau. So you see this um, struggle between Jacob and Esau many, many years later, thousands of years later. Anyway, um, it's interesting that... Uh, Joseph and Mary, as they were on this trip from, from uh, Israel to Egypt, God kept them safe on that trip. You know, it probably seemed like a, a terrible trip. Um, you know, they're running for their lives, running from the law. But God kept them safe on that trip. Um, the Bible doesn't tell us, doesn't say exactly when Joseph and Mary found out about all the babies that were killed in Israel. Um, we don't know. Maybe they found out uh, the next week. Maybe they didn't find out until years later. Um, the application for us today is we don't know the things that we're spared from when we follow God's plan. You know, it might, 
it might seem like something terrible is happening in your life. Maybe you're, um, I don't know what it is, but maybe, maybe you're going through a really rough time. But you don't know the things that you're spared from when you're following God's plan. And I'm convinced that there are plenty of things God spares us from when we just simply follow him. So we saw that Joseph and Mary were foreigners in a different country. They were fugitives from the king. And the third thing we're going to see is that Joseph and Mary were forsaken by their family and friends. Uh, Look with me here in verse 19. It says, But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. So Joseph and Mary came home to Nazareth. This is where, where, what they called home at that time. And they knew that when they came home, they were not going to have a warm reception. They knew their reputation was already smeared because people thought they'd committed immorality. Um, if you remember earlier in the story, uh, if you look back in, I think it's Luke 1, uh, Joseph said that, it says that Joseph was minded to put Mary away privately. And at that time, if, if a woman was found in immorality, she could be stoned. And Joseph decided not to make a big deal of it um, because he was a just man. But their reputation, because of all of that, their reputation uh, was smeared. People assumed that they had committed immorality, but of course we know they hadn't. In the Ivory Coast, um, reputation is everything. You know, uh, we, we saw that a lot of times while we were there. The worst thing that you could call somebody is méchant. That means that you're calling them mean. If you call someone mean, it's a terrible insult because reputation to them is a huge deal. And it was the same in Jesus' day. Reputation was a big deal. Um, when it became obvious to everybody that Mary was pregnant, their reputation was ruined. And they wouldn't have had a warm welcome when they got home. If you remember, Mary went and spent, um, I think it was six months or so, with Elizabeth when she was pregnant. And I wonder if maybe Elizabeth, her cousin, was the only one in her family that would accept her or that believed her that she hadn't committed immorality. I don't know, but just a thought there. Um, But they knew that when they got back home to Nazareth, they weren't going to have a warm welcome. We know this because of John 8, uh, verse 41. You don't have to turn there if you don't want. Um, But this was 30-some years later in Jesus' life. Jesus is talking with the Pharisees in John 8, uh, 41. He says, Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, the Pharisees, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. They're saying, We weren't born of immorality like you were. Our our parents weren't uh, unfaithful to each other like your parents were. Joseph and Mary's friends had smeared their name so bad, had slandered them so bad that 30-some years later, everyone still thought that Jesus was born because of immorality. No, God took care of them. God took care of Joseph and Mary. Even though their name was being slandered, even though accusations were being thrown at them, God took care of them. Years later, nowadays, year, many years later, we don't even know the names of those people. We don't know the names of Joseph and Mary's family. 
the, their friends, the people who called them names and, and slandered their names. We don't know their names, but Joseph and Mary became two of the most respected names in the biblical narrative for centuries to come. So it's just interesting to me and a good application to us that when you're doing God's will, people will misunderstand you. Good people will misunderstand you. And they may even reject you, may even mock you, but God's plan always trumps man's opinions. So just as I um, kind of wrap this up here this evening, I know it's not a, a complicated message, um, but I hope it provokes some thoughts for you. Maybe you're here and, and you're just trying to follow God's will. Maybe you don't understand, um, like Joseph and Mary, maybe things aren't going right for you. Maybe things aren't going the way you think that they should be going. But just take comfort in the fact that God's plan is far greater than you can imagine, and he will see it through. He will take care of you. God took care of Joseph and Mary when they were foreigners in a different country. He placed people in their lives to take care of them in Egypt. Mary, um, when, when they were fugitives from the king, God protected them from Herod. Herod killed hundreds of babies, but God protected them even though they may not have known what was happening back in Israel. They may not have known what they were spared from. And when they were forsaken by their family, God preserved their name for centuries to come, thousands of years to come. One of my uh, favorite Christmas songs is, Mary, Did You Know? And the question, of course, we ask at every Christmas, did Mary actually know, right? We don't, we don't know if Mary knew all the things that the song asked if she knew. Um, but she certainly couldn't have known everything, right? Um, she couldn't have known the, the happiness that her son would bring to the blind man, she couldn't have known the joy that, uh, or the relief that her son would bring to the leper. And she couldn't have known all the joy that her son would bring to thousands of people, millions of people who called on his name in the future. She couldn't have known that. But that happened because Joseph and Mary chose to follow God's plan no matter how difficult it seemed. So I, just, I have a question for you tonight. Is there anything that you're not willing to do for God? Just think about it. Is there a line that you won't cross, something you can't give up, something you won't do for God? If there is, you need to surrender that. Let God use you. Let God take care of you. Trust him to take care of you, even when it's hard. And when you do, it'll be the most fulfilling thing that you can imagine. God took care of Joseph and Mary because they were willing to follow him no matter how hard it got. Are you willing to do the same? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for um, the account of Joseph and Mary and Jesus and the many uh, examples we can learn from of how following your will, uh, when we follow your will, uh, you protect us and you take care of us and you see it through. Lord, we thank you that your plan is so much bigger than we can imagine. We pray that you would help us to trust you and follow that plan no matter what happens. And we love you and ask this in your name. Amen. Amen.